0: In my experience, they're going to text her some photos of you. They're going to say, this is my friend Daniel. He is the organizer of my beach volleyball team. He does software engineering. He's so cool, so fun to hang out. Like, your friend's going to give you a recommendation. Now, here's the thing that sucks about a friend setup, is you're going to have to both tell the friend how it went after. (laughs) Welcome to How To. I'm Amanda Ripley back when
1: I met my husband at a party in DC, he had a pager. Yes, for real. If you don't know what that is, ask your parents. And I had a landline and an answering machine. I actually can remember calling him when I was out reporting for work from a payphone. (laughs) Even then, dating didn't feel easy. I mean, I had to find a lot of quarters, but in retrospect, it was definitely simpler. These days, there are more ways than ever to meet someone, but it's still brutally hard to move from pictures on a phone to an actual date, or hopefully dates, plural. That's why our listener Daniel reached out to us. He's been stuck in a kind of romantic purgatory.
2: I am definitely not an expert in dating. I don't get to relationships. I get with a lot of friends and I get along with a lot of people. A lot of people knows me, but... I don't understand this concept when they, people say, make the move. What's the move? When am I supposed to do it? And how is it supposed to work?
1: Imagine you're swiping through a dating app on your phone right now. And you see Daniel. He's 38. He's an engineer. He grew up in Colombia, but he moved to Germany a decade ago. Now he's living in Berlin, which has a really vibrant nightlife. But the clubbing scene isn't really his thing.
2: There's a lot of... Uh very, very, uh, let's say, open relationships and very casual relationships I've seen. So you moved there three years ago? Three and a half years ago, yeah.
1: And then the pandemic happened right as you were probably finding your way. And then sounds like sort of hookup scene is not what you're most inspired by right now.
2: I actually have managed to get my small, uh, let's say, niche. I do a lot of sports right now and I consider myself a very social person. Huh. And I get along well with people, but uh, it just stays in this area of friendship, uh-huh. which like I, I, when I moved to Berlin, I had a girlfriend and we were together for six months. Then we broke up since that time. So almost three years ago, I've had two, maybe three dates. What kind of relationship would you like to be in? What would that look like? Uh, actually, that's a good question because I realized that I I like that my partner is a lot like my friend. And then the relationship is more based on this uh, banter and like spending time together also with groups of friends. It's uh, a lot more of being relaxed.
1: So so you want the relationship to be organic and not artificial or contrived, right? And so you want to be comfortable in who you are, like be able to be yourself. Is that right?
2: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That, uh, if I'm not able to be myself or if she's not able to be herself, that's a deal breaker for me.
1: That sounds. I can endorse that. That sounds good. Um, but I am wondering. This all of this sounds kind of antithetical to uh, dating apps. Exactly. You're putting yourself out there. You're on these apps, but like you're not getting any traction. Is that
2: right? Uh, literally that. Zero zero response. Which sucks,
1: right? That's not a good feeling.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know that I'm a smart person. I know that I am agreeable. I know that a lot of people like spending time with me. And I am not that ugly. So when i uh, in a dating app for two years, not a single answer comes, mm-hmm. I get frustrated. And it's kind of a, let's say, um, insecurity thing that rises up.
1: So here's the paradox of Daniel. He is successful. He has lots of friends. He's fit. He likes to play sports. Overall, total catch. So why can't he find anyone who's interested? To help Daniel out, we brought in a dating survivor who has been to the distant frontiers of the romantic
0: wilderness and lived to tell the tale. My name's Andrea Salenzi. A hundred million years ago, I hosted a dating podcast, and now I'm full-on married. Pregnant. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: Congratulations.
0: Thanks, congratulations. So you've been on the journey. Yeah. I really believe that putting it at the top of my mind for the years I did helped me achieve so much happiness in this life. It was just a huge priority for me.
1: Andrea hosted a great podcast called YOY, where she learned a ton about how to navigate the single scene. So today on the show, we're going to troubleshoot Daniel's dating life and share tips for anyone who wants to find a great date and maybe even fall in love. Don't go anywhere. So when you reached out to us in your initial note, um, you mentioned that sometimes you're hesitant to make a move if there's somebody you might be interested in because you don't want to be that guy. In fact, let me just read from your note. You said, I do not, in all caps, (laughs) under any circumstances, want to be the creepy guy that makes potential friends feel uncomfortable. So this makes sense to me, and especially now. There was actually a survey recently that something like two-thirds of people think it's harder now for men to know how to make a move without being the creepy guy because there's been so much focus, rightly so, on creepy guys. So this is a conundrum, right, that I think a a lot of people have. Can you describe what that feeling is when you're trying to walk that line?
2: To be completely honest, uh, I come from a place that is not very, um, let's say, open-minded. And it's still a little macho society. Yeah. I was used to uh, to yeah make some comments and being a pushy guy. And at that time, I used to believe that that was normal. That's the way. Mm. Once I came here to Germany and I met some other people and I kind of burst out of my traditional bubble, I realized that a lot of the things that I was doing were absolutely not right. Hmm. so it's so you've gone
1: through a sort of evolution in I mean you grew up in a more sort of macho culture where men are expected to make a lot of moves and be aggressive um, I'm exaggerating right but that's sort of the stereotype and then it sounds okay <laughs> and it sounds like you've worked very hard to kind of change
2: correct how you interact with women yeah correct everybody deserves respect. And if I'm with you, it's because I want to have a relationship with you as a friend, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work as a companionship.
1: Andrea, you have heard a lot of stories over the years. What are you thinking, hearing what you've heard so far from from Daniel?
0: Um, I love that you're being so thoughtful about this. Because uh, I was surprised when you were talking about wanting a relationship, but then all your concerns are about how do I make the move? What is the move? How do moves work? Because um, those seem really antithetical to me. Um, Like, a move sounds like a one-sided gesture. When I think of your first romantic interaction with someone as a communication, you know, you kind of, let's walk this way. Or you kind of, like, blink your eyes extra. Like, I think there's ways that both parties communicate that they're interested in escalating romantically. I want to understand better why you're putting yourself through this. You know, a, you're a month away from turning 39. Um, some people think of big ages as deadlines. You know, why do you, what kind of a relation, are you looking for a relationship that could lead to marriage? What do you like about relationships? Why pursue this?
2: I want somebody with uh, whom with, um, I can spend time with my ex girlfriend. We were living together. Uh, that is a life that I really enjoy. I really want uh, a long-term relationship uh, as as long as possible. I want something stable.
0: Yeah, because the things that are unpleasant about dating, the insecurity you feel on dating apps, the frustration you feel when you're not getting messages, you know, no one's on there for fun. They're on there because, well, maybe some people are and they're psychotic, but most people are on there <laughs> as a means to an end because they want that person to spend time with. They want to live with someone again. So I just I want to encourage you to like really lock in on that goal and and hold it close to your heart. But dating apps are really for people, I think, who aren't meeting new people. They're working so hard late at night. They have crazy hours and they went to a million weddings this summer and they're just not meeting anyone. But it sounds like you meet new
2: people. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. One of the activities that I do in Berlin is I organize beach volleyball. That's, I would say, is the main way I know people. I'm known as the moderator or the organizer because I also organize some stuff. For instance, in winter, it's not possible to play this sport. So I used to play other sports like squash, badminton.
0: Amongst your circle of friends, do most people have the sense that you're single and looking or are you private about this?
2: I well, That's a tough question because like six months ago, somebody asked me why haven't they met my wife? You know, like, <laughs> Because I don't have one, that sounds like quite a good reason. So you're putting off married energy. Like two, three, (laughs) apparently.
0: Right. So then I think the move making's off the table. Like, I think the most important thing is making sure, this is my number one piece of advice for you, is make sure everyone in your social circle knows guys, I want to meet someone. I want a relationship. Hmm. I am not married. I would maybe like to be married. I want to live with someone. Do you know a nice hmm. single girl who also loves beach volleyball? Just because I'm good at organizing volleyball doesn't mean I'm married. <laughs> yes. They're not the same. You have this vibrant social network and people love setting other people up. They feel- true. So into them, they they love to take credit for the bond. They want to get invited to your wedding. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but about that, I have a question because that's something that in my mind, saying this kind of stuff of, hey, I'm looking for somebody, set me up, kind of pushes the idea that I am desperate to know somebody, whatever, whoever it is. And I just want to get into a relationship uh, no matter what.
0: Mm, Then you could say what you want. I want someone who's smart. I want someone who also loves board games. I think you could be more specific because um, you're not saying I just want anyone. You're saying I want someone who's who I like as much as you, my friend.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: So you don't want don't, to come across
2: as desperate, yeah. right? Is that it? I am not desperate. I just feel that it's weird that it hasn't worked because I don't know why.
0: I mean, I don't think we arrive on this planet and we're guaranteed to meet someone who's going to love us back. I mean, I, I don't.
2: Oh yeah, that's definitely true.
0: I don't. I feel it's. Re- I think everyone who has that happen for them is just so lucky. And yeah, I would. I wouldn't say it's weird that it hasn't worked. It just. It hasn't worked until it works. Like it's just. It's going to take a bit. Here's our first insight. Life is not a rom-com.
1: We can't bank on a Hollywood meet-cute moment. Sure, some people find their future spouse at a sidewalk cafe under a rainbow with a string quartet playing nearby. But that's not the norm. Dating is a volume game. You have to put yourself out there over and over again. Andrea, am I right in saying you met your now husband on a
0: dating app? Yeah, but that's because I didn't have beach volleyball. (laughs) i I think i looked at my life and i said how many new people am i meeting every week and the answer was zero i would try things like go to the dog park with my dog and just you know make eyes at everyone there i mean here in los angeles and also in new york there are just so few single guys um if you go to a dinner party and you say is there anyone who can set me up with a single guy they say oh well there's brad but he's trouble uh well, do you want his number? And then you're like, no, you just said he's bad. <laughs> Why are you trying to set me up with him? Um,
2: Sounds like a good friend.
0: <laughs> no, they're just like, there's only Brad left. Um, so I just, I realized if I wanted to meet someone who wasn't Brad, I had no choice but to start forcing myself to do the thing I did not like doing, which was trying to meet people through dating apps and making sure I actually did it because it's, You can just swipe, swipe, swipe. And it feels like you're putting work into dating. But the only thing that actually is putting work into dating is sitting down in front of a stranger. Your heart is a muscle. You got to work it out. So if you want a relationship, you got to actively look for one.
1: And if you don't want to meet people on dating apps, fair enough. Try the old fashioned way. Get your friends to help. Just stay
0: away from Brad. You know, you can sit around thinking like, oh, I'm the last one left. There's no one else. But I think the default is to be lonely. This is fairly depressing
1: and probably right. Uh, but you're saying that like um, loneliness <laughs> is the default. <laughs> All right, you're welcome, Daniel. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for
2: that. Now I can just. No, I mean um, I think it. I think it
0: will work for you. I think you're. You love being around people, and you're. Um, working hard to grow your social circle, and also, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit for this COVID thing that just happened.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've underplayed that a bit.
0: Yeah, I think what if you that, that's ask friends? True. That I understand. Yeah, if you ask friends for help introducing you to someone, or you know, any cute single girls who like the same stuff as me, um, you can say it's been COVID. It's really hard to meet
1: people. Yeah, blame COVID.
2: Blame COVID. That's um, what I do all the time <laughs> for every. <all> day. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to try that.
1: I wonder what you think about when Andrea was saying earlier, she's like, you know, there are these little subtle things you do. It doesn't have to be a move. It's more like, you want to go on a walk or what'd you say? Like the way you blink your eyelashes or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, I think, I think there's ways of perceiving that a move is welcome. It likely starts with friendship. There's that myth brought about by movies and television that she's going to put me in the friend zone. And once I'm in the friend zone, there's no way out of the friend zone. Um, and I I just disagree with that so hard because uh, unless you meet on a dating app, um, you don't have the information about this person right in front of you. There's some information you need to learn through a friendship. What do you like to do? Oh, you're an organizer. Um, you care a lot about sports. There's things that you need to learn through a friendship that are going to determine if the attraction's really there. You know, I think people think that there are rules that if they just did the right thing, then she would see me as a sexual animal and she would open up her heart. Like we're just people and women are generally pretty intuitive and and aware of who they're interested in um, and that they don't need to be tricked or seduced or Um, There isn't a certain move that's going to change her perception of you. So here's our next
1: insight. While we're letting go of the love at first sight cafe, we probably also need to trash this idea of the move being one suave pickup line that's so irresistible that it'll win anyone over. But there's actually something that we're going to call the pre-move, which Andrea does recommend.
0: I got a piece of dating advice once that was, if you're interested in a guy, just hold eye contact for 10 seconds and you'll Hmm. know instantly if he's married or interested. But 10 seconds is really, really long.
1: (laughs) And you'll know because he looks back or looks away or...
0: He will either immediately come over because you looked at him for 10 seconds or he will completely run away. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And do you think that works in reverse? Like if a guy did that to you?
0: No, I would call the police. <laughs> okay,
1: so this is a conundrum. That Daniel's in here. I mean, it's not Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, also I would not call the police, but um I would. I would leave the dog park.
1: <laughs> what would be a pre-move that would have worked at the dog park? Oh my gosh, from a what guy? a cute
0: dog. What's your dog's name? How long have you had her? Just become my Just friend. Just questions, like yeah. genuine
1: curiosity in your life.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And hmm. then I would text, a, I would ask to take a photo of your dog. This isn't my fantasy. And then I'd be like, okay. oh, can I text it to you? And then, like, oh, we should get coffee sometime.
1: Do you feel vindicated by this acknowledgement that it is harder for guys, maybe, to make a pre move without
2: seeming creepy? I absolutely agree with that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's absolutely true that women in general feel unsafer than men. And I don't want to collaborate into that.
1: Uh-huh.
2: That's something I, I am trying to do my best not to do. And that's why I try to keep my distance and only if I see that she feels comfortable, then I can do something else. But yeah, if there is no, uh, let's say, sign that uh, she feels comfortable already, Uh then I am just, okay, it's fine. Stay there, no worries, I am gonna stand back.
1: Here's our next tip. When it comes to showing interest, you know, making eyes at someone, there is a double standard, fair or unfair, The best move is probably to be genuinely curious, ask questions, listen to the answers. Crazy, I know. When we come back, we're going to hear how Daniel can have a girlfriend summer. Stay right there.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: We're back with Daniel, who wants to find a date, and Andrea Salenzi, who hosted the dating podcast YOY. Before she met her husband, he too was frustrated at the dating scene or lack thereof.
0: I think about my wonderful husband, Dan. He had what I call a girlfriend weekend where he was just really ready for a relationship. So he went to one of his favorite parks with a friend and asked her to take photos of him, and he did outfit changes he wore his favorite shirt then a second favorite shirt then his third favorite shirt and then he showed that profile to all of his female friends even showed it to his sister and his parents like he just he wanted to make sure it really told his story right and then he lined up dates he lined up a date for um friday saturday and sunday and i was the middle date <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was really conflicted about if he'd go on the third date or not. But I think for him, it's like he had just finished um, doing Invisalign. He'd seen a personal trainer. He was, like, really feeling ready. And there's a saying about men that they're like avocados sometimes. They're not ripe. They're not ripe. And then suddenly <laughs> they're really ready. And then if you miss them on their girlfriend weekend, oof. But um, but I I think you're having your wow. girlfriend summer. I do, and I don't think there's anything wrong with putting effort into your dating life, whatever that looks like. For him, it was working on his online profile, but for you, it might be making sure all of your best friends know that you are not married. <laughs> and maybe you'd like to
1: be someday.
0: I like um, this idea of the girlfriend
1: well, summer. Mm-hmm. I, what do you think about that,
0: Daniel?
2: It definitely sounds good, but it's not. I am desperate.
1: OK, so let's pretend like we're friends and we're meeting for a, a beer or whatever one does in Berlin. Pretzel? typical beer. OK, we've been friends for a while. What would you say to me to let me know that you're interested in meeting someone and do I know anyone?
2: What I would say is, yeah, Amanda, we're talking here, blah, blah, blah. blah. We're saying something. And then suddenly I say, hey, Amanda, um... You know what? I, I actually don't know if you have any friend that you could introduce me. I'm interested in, I don't know, meeting somebody. And yeah, so far, I don't have anybody that I am interested in. So maybe if you know somebody, I, I would like to know.
1: Yeah. That didn't Does seem desperate to me. No. Did it feel desperate?
2: A little bit, yes. <laughs> but A little bit, it did? I, I, it feels a little like putting myself out and saying, hey... I am done. I cannot do this alone. I need you to set me up with somebody.
1: Okay. So, this is a through line of this show. And, Andrea, tell me what you think. But, like, you have to sometimes ask for help.
0: And also, you can blame us. You can be like, I was on this yes. podcast. I don't know. They're in New York and they, they said I had to do this. Uh, it's stupid. You don't have to oh. do it. What do you? Yes, that's a great <laughs> idea.
2: Oh, I like okay. that. Okay. Hey, you have two. You that, can that's blame a good idea. Thank you us
1: or the pandemic or both,
2: like both is an option. So basically, that's (laughs) the the, the two things I'm getting. The first one, blame COVID. Second one, blame you guys. Yes. I I got this. That sounds amazing. (laughs) I can do that.
1: If you two want to blame us as an opener, that's totally fine with us. You can even send them a link to this show. But in all seriousness, we know that approaching a friend for help can feel vulnerable, and maybe that's okay. It's not the same as being desperate. It's just a sign that this is something you really value. So if you were to go back in time and talk to yourself in, let's say, 2018, before you met your husband, Mm -hmm. what
0: advice would you give yourself in the dating scene? I devoted my entire career to finding Dan. (laughs) I mean, I did this (laughs) dating podcast. I hosted a parenting podcast. I, I put my entire heart out there. And I don't think that got in the way. And yeah, but when I look back at that time, I think the failures aren't the friendships. For me, the failures were anytime I accrued some form of um, like a painful memory. I don't know, Dana, like I heard you say how bad online dating makes you feel. And that's real. Like I, you shouldn't. Do the things that are, and some sometimes you need to push through the things that are hard. But sometimes you have to set a limit and say, you know what, this is so hard; it's about to make me turn against dating forever and hate all women or something.
2: <laughs> well, luckily, I've never got to the point that I say I'm gonna hate any particular group of people. <laughs> That's good, definitely okay. not. Uh, it's never been that bad, but yeah, it's more. Uh, actually, in my case, it was like I'm gonna start hating myself.
0: Mm. As we get older, it can feel like more and more like you're the last broken toy on the shelf. <laughs> and um or like and it's just it isn't the case. I think we can it's also really important to have other single friends who are going through what you're going through. Um it's just a different kind of friendship if they also don't have that default person to binge a television series with. <laughs> and you never know which friend is going to be the one who is going to wonderfully introduce you to the right person.
2: Uh, I've never heard this um, expression that you use, the last broken toy in the shelf. <laughs> and it explains very well how it feels sometimes, because for me, I actually have some friends that I have since I'm nine years old. And the point is that uh, they are all married, even. There's one with a grown-up daughter. And then, so I have managed to create new circles of of friends and then they all start Mm -hmm. getting together with somebody and then they create the next circle and it happens again and over and over and over.
1: Yep. At one point, Andrea also felt like she was at a dating dead end. So she actually picked up and moved across the country
0: from New York to LA. I once booked Elizabeth Gilbert for a podcast interview that I was producing and she said uh, to my host who was going through a breakup at the time that You know, when you have an ex in town, there's you could be in the biggest city in the world, and it's still too small. Like, you will still run into that person. So I feel like for me, New York was just this – it was a ghost town. It was full of every bad Tinder date, every relationship that hadn't worked out, Mm -hmm. and every bar or street corner had a different memory for me. I'd also lost my grandmother, so – I probably wasn't a good date. I was sitting down to a date and saying, when are you going to disappoint me? (laughs) Like, I was sitting down to a date just waiting for things to go Hmm. wrong. And um, if you can change something essential like moving or a new job or a new haircut that makes you go, it's a new me. (laughs) I mean, it's always a lie. But mm-hmm. if you can show up at a date, oh, I, right. That is not a lie. A new haircut <laughs> can change everything. <laughs> like, if you can come up with a way to actually feel better, I think that's going to matter more than, than everything else going on in your life. Because hmm. you're going to show up with confidence.
1: As much time as you're putting into finding someone, put just as much time into finding yourself. Especially if we've had a few disappointments, we might be giving off vibes that we're not even aware of. Daniel, I'm wondering if you were to think about yourself when you meet someone, is there any kind of like subconscious storyline that you've got going that's maybe not helpful, just based on what you've been experiencing?
2: Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's for sure. I have a little trust issues that I know. I my mind is always in the background looking for when are they lying? Mm. And it's something that I have been trying to deal with, and it's it's really tricky. Hmm.
1: Did you have a relationship where someone was deceptive? Oh yeah, hmm. well, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. And that's
2: definitely not healthy, right,
1: right? It's a understandable defense mechanism, right? Um, like your brain's trying to definitely. protect you from that experience happening again. Uh, and I guess I wonder, Andrea, in your case, one of the ways you helped purge that storyline from your head was moving physically. I mean, what do you suspect, Andrea, this is just a thought experiment, but like, if you had met Dan in New York two years earlier, how might it have gone?
0: Hmm. I mean, I don't, I really don't know. Uh, Dan has two cats, and I am not a cat person. Uh, I never imagined my dog would like cats. And, you know, to have two, that's just, I mean, maybe I could have figured out one. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we think all the time how lucky we are that he. there was a photo of him on his dating profile with one cat. And I remember looking at the photo and kind of saying, oh, maybe that's his friend's cat. You know, like I came up with a lie to get myself through it. Um, but if he had been holding up both cats and he, had a, he has a special hoodie that the cats fit into, and if he'd been holding both and it was oh, like no. me and oh, my no. boys, I would have just swiped <laughs> no oh, so quickly and never met him. So I don't, there's, there's so many little things that can go wrong.
1: Here's our last rule. Instead of looking for Mr. Wrong, look for Mr. Right. Try to find one thing about the person that truly delights you, even if it's small.
0: I mean, dating's really hard, but I'm just so not worried about you, Daniel. I think you're really ready and you know what you're looking for. And by just saying that out loud always makes the quest easier. We're not witches, but we kind of are.
2: Thank you so much, Andrea. I will try to uh, put it out and tell them, hey, do you know somebody? (laughs) And I'm going to use you as an excuse. Yes. All of
1: you. Thank you. Blame me. (laughs) We can all go out into the world and try not to be a rotten avocado. I think that's the final (laughs) conclusion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you to Daniel for opening up to us and to Andrea for all of her wonderful advice. If you want to hear more of her dating conundrums, check out her podcast, Y-O-Y. Do you have a problem that's overripe? Send us a note at at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And we'd love to have you on the show. And of course, if you like what you heard today, give us a rating and a review and tell a friend. That helps us help more people. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson and Katie Shepard produce the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley, thanks for listening.